0: Vernon, Aunt Petunia was saying in a quivering voice. Look at the address. How could they possibly know where he sleeps? You don't think they're watching the house? Watching, spying, they might be following us. Mumbled Uncle Vernon wildly. But what should we do, Vernon? Should we write back? Tell him to don't want Harry. Tell me to don't want. Harry could see Uncle Vernon's shiny black shoes pacing up and down the kitchen. No, he said finally. No, we'll ignore it. If they don't get an answer... Yes, that's best. We won't do anything, but I'm not having one in the house, Petunia. Didn't we swear when we took him in, we'd stamp out that dangerous nonsense? The evening when he got back from his work, uh, Uncle Vernon did something he'd never done before. He visited Harry in the cupboard. Where's my letter, said Harry the uncle. The moment Uncle Vernon to the door. Who's writing to me? No one. It was addressed to you by mistake, said Uncle Vernon shortly. I've burned it. It was not a mistake. It had my cupboard on it. "'Silence!' yelled Uncle Vernon, and a couple of spiders fell from the ceiling. He took a few deep breaths and then forced his face into a smile, which looked quite painful. "'Er, yes, Harry, about this cupboard. Your aunt and I have been thinking. "'You're really getting a bit big for it. We might think it'd be nice if you moved into Dudley's second bedroom. "'Why? Don't ask questions,' snapped his uncle. "'Take this stuff upstairs now.' The Dursley's house had four bedrooms, one for Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia, one for visitors, usually Uncle Vernon's sister Marge, one where Dudley slept, and one where Dudley kept all the toys and things that wouldn't fit into his first bedroom. It only took Harry one trip upstairs to move everything he owned from his cupboard to the room. He sat down on the bed and stared around him. Nearly everything in here was broken. The muffled video camera was lying on top of a small, working tank Dudley had driven over the next-door neighbor's dog, and the corner was Dudley's first-ever television set, which he'd put his foot through when his favorite program had been canceled. There was a large birdcage which once held a parrot that Dudley had swapped at school for a real-life air rifle for a real air rifle, which was up on a shelf with the end all bent because Dudley had sat on it. Other shelves were full of books. They were the only things in the room that looked as though they had never been touched. From downstairs came the sound of Dudley bawling at his mother. I don't want him in in there. I need that room. Make him get out. Harry sighed and stretched out on the bed. Yesterday he'd he'd given anything to be up here. Today he'd rather be back in his cupboard with that letter than up here without it. Next morning at breakfast, everyone was rather quiet. Dudley was in shock. He'd screamed, whacked his father with the smelting stick, been sick on purpose, kicked his mother, and thrown his tortoise through the greenhouse roof. And he still didn't have his room back. He was thinking about this time yesterday and bitterly wishing he'd opened the letter in the hall. Uncle Red and Aunt Petunia kept looking at each other darkly. When the mail arrived, Uncle Vernon, who seemed to be trying nice, who seemed to be trying nice to, sorry, who seemed to be trying to be nice to Harry, made Dudley go and get it. They heard him banging things with his smelting stick all the way down the hall. Then he shouted, "There's another one, Mister H. Potter, the smallest bedroom, Four Privet Drive." With a strangled cry, Uncle Vernon leapt from his seat and ran down the hall. Harry right behind him. Uncle Vernon had to wrestle Dudley to the ground to, le- to get the letter from him, which was made difficult by the fact that Harry had grabbed Uncle Vernon around the neck from behind. After a minute of confused fighting in which everyone got a hit, a hit, got hit a lot by the smelting stick, Uncle Vernon straightened up, gasping for breath, with Harry's le- letter clutched to his, clutched in his hand. "Go to your cupboard. I'm in your bedroom," he wheezed at Harry. Dudley. Go, just go. Harry walked round and Harry walked round and round his new room. Somehow someone knew he'd moved out of his cupboard, and they seemed to know he hadn't received his first letter. Surely that meant they'd try again. And this time he'd make sure they didn't fail. He had a plan. The repaired alarm clock ran at six o- o'clock the next morning. Harry turned off quickly and dressed silently. He mustn't wake the, the Dursleys. He so, he stole downstairs without turning off any of the lights. He was going to wait for the postman on the corner of Perfect Drive and get the letters for number four first. His heart hammered as he crept across the dark hall toward the front door. Arr! Harry leapt into the dark air. He trodden on something big and squashy on the do- doormat. Something alive! lights clicked on upstairs and to his horror harry realized that the big squashy something had been his uncle's face uncle vernon had been lying at the front door in a sleeping bag clearly making sure that harry didn't do exactly what he'd been trying to do he shouted at harry for about half an hour then told him to go make him a cup of tea harry shuffled miserably into the kitchen by the time he got back the mail had arrived right to uncle vernon's lap he could see the three letters addressed in the green in green ink I want, he began, but Uncle Vernon was tearing the letters into pieces before his eyes. Uncle Vernon didn't go to the work that day. He stayed at home and nailed up the mail slots. See, he explained to Aunt Petunia through a mouthful nails. If you can't deliver them, they'll just give up. I'm not sure that'll work, Vernon. Oh, these people minds work, these people minds work in strange ways, Petunia. they not like me and you, said Uncle Vernon, trying to knock in a nail with a piece of fruitcake Aunt Petunia had just brought him. On Friday, no less than 12 letters arrived for Harry. As they couldn't go through the mail slot, they had been pushed under the door, slotted through the sides, and even a few forced through the small window in the downstairs bathroom. Uncle Vernon stayed at home again. After burning all the letters, she got a hammer and nails and boarded up the cracks around the front and back of the door so nobody could get him. So no one could go out, he hummed, tiptoe through the tulips. As he worked and jumped on small at, at small noises, on Saturday things began began to get out of hand. Twenty-four letters to Harry found their way into the house, rolled up and and hidden in inside of each two dozen eggs, and their very confused milkman milk milkman had handed on Petunia through the living room window, while Uncle Vernon made furious telephone calls to the post office and the dairy, trying to find Uncle Uncle wait. I'm sorry, I'm losing my spot all over again, and the dairy trying to find someone to complain to. Aunt Petunia shredded the letters in her food processor. Who on earth wants to talk to you this badly? Dudley asked Harry in amusement. On Sunday morning, Uncle Vernon sat down at the breakfast table looking tired and rather ill, but happy. No post on Sunday, he reminded them cheerfully as he spread marmalade on his newspapers. No dang letters today. Something came wi- wi- whizzing down the kitchen chimney as he spoke spoke and caught him sharply on the back of the head next moment 30 or 40 letters came pelting out of the fireplace like bullets the dursleys ducked but harry leapt into the air trying to catch one uncle vernon seized harry around the waist and threw him into the hall when aunt petunia and dudley had run around with their had run out with their arms over their faces uncle vernon slammed the door shut they could hear the letters still streaming into the room bouncing off walls and floors that does it, Uncle Vernon trying to speak calmly, but pulling great tufts out of his much dust at the same time. I want you all back here in five minutes, ready to leave. We're going away. Just pack some clothes. No arguments. He looked so dangerous with, with half his mustache missing that no one dared to argue. Ten minutes later, they wrenched their way through the boarded-up doors and were in the car, speeding through the highway, towards the highway. Dudley was sniffling in the back seat. His father hit around the head for holding them up while he tried to pack his television, VCR, and computer in his sports bag. They drove and they drove, even Opportunity didn't dare ask where they were going. Every now and then Uncle Vernon would take a sharp turn and drive in the opposite direction for a while. Shake him off, shake him off, he would mutter whenever he did this. They didn't try to stop, to eat or drink all day. By nightfall, Dudley was howling. He'd never had such a bad day in his life. He was hungry, he'd missed five television programs he wanted to see, and he'd never gone so long without blowing up an alien on his computer. Uncle Vernon stopped at last outside a gloomy-looking hotel on the outskirts of a big city. Dudley and Harry shared a room with twin beds and damp, musty sheets. Dudley snored, but Harry stayed awake, sitting on the windowsill, staring down at the lights of passing cars and wondering. They ate stale cornflakes and cold tin tomatoes on toast for breakfast. The next day, they had finished when the owner of the hotel came over to their table. Excuse me, but it's one of you, Mr. H. Potter. I only got about a hundred of these at the front desk. She held up a letter so they could read the green ink address. Mr. H. Potter, Room 17, Railview Hotel forth harry made a grab for the letter but uncle vernon knocked his hand out of the way the woman stared i'll take them said uncle vernon standing up quickly and following her from the dining room wouldn't it just be better to go home dear Petunia suggested timidly hours later but uncle vernon didn't seem to hear her exactly what he was looking for none of them knew he drove into the middle of a forest got out looked around shook his head got back into the car and off they went again the same thing happened in the middle of a plowed field, halfway across a s- suspension bri- bridge, and at the top of a multi-level parking garage. "'Daddy's gone mad, hasn't he?' Dudley asked Aunt Petunia Dully that afternoon. Uncle Vernon had parked at the coast, locked him all inside the car, and disappeared. "'It started to rain. Great drops beat on the roof of the car,' Dudley sniffled. "'It's Monday,' he told his mother. "'The Great Humber- Humberto's on tonight. I want to stay somewhere with the television.' Monday. That reminded Harry of some. If it was Monday, and you could usually count on Dudley until the days of the week because of television, That tomorrow, Tuesday, was Harry's 11th birthday. Of course, his birthday were never exactly fun. Last year, the Dursleys had given him a coat hanger and a pair of Uncle Vernon's old socks. Still, you weren't 11 every day. Uncle Vernon was back, and he was smiling. He was carrying a long, thin package and didn't answer on betunia when he asked what he bought. Found the perfect place, he said. Come on, everyone. Out. It was the, It was very cold outside the car. Uncle Vernon was pointing at what looked like a large rock on the way, of, way out at sea. Pressed at the top of the rock was the most miserable-looking, miserable little shack you can imagine. One thing was certain, there was no television in there. Storm forecast for tonight, said Uncle Vernon gleefully, clapping his hands together, and, and this gentleman kindly le- agreed to lend us his boat. A toothless man came ambling to them, pointing with a rather wicked grin at an old rowboat bowling in the iron-gray water below them. "I've already got us some rations," said Uncle Vernon. "So all aboard." It was freezing in the boat. Icy sea spray and rain crept all down their necks, and the chilly wind whipped their faces. After what seemed like hours, they'd reached a rock where Uncle Vernon, slipping and sliding, led the way to the broken house. The inside was horrible. It smelled strongly of seaweed. The wind whistled through the gaps in the wooden walls, and the fireplace was damp and empty. There were only two rooms. Uncle Vernon's rations turned out to be a bag of chips, each, and four bananas. He tried to start a fire, but the empty chip bags just smoked and shriveled up. Could do with some of those letters now, eh? He said cheerfully. He was in a very good mood. Obviously, he thought nobody stood a chance of reaching of reaching them here in a storm to deliver mail. Harry privately agreed, though... The thought didn't cheer him up at all. As nightfall, the promised storm blew up around them. Spray from the high waves splattered the walls of the hut and a fierce wind rattled the, uh, the filthy windows. Aunt Petunia found a few moldy blankets in the second room and made up a bed for Dudley on the moth eaten sofa. She and Uncle Rodan went off to the lumpy bed next door and Harry was left to find the softest bit of floor he could and, and to curl up next to the thinnest most ragged blankets. The storm raged more and more fiercely as the night went on. Harry couldn't sleep. He shivered and turned over, trying to get comfortable, his stomach rumbling with hunger. Dudley's snores were drowned out by the low rumbles of thunder that started near midnight. The lighted dial of Dudley's watch, which was dangling over the edge of the sofa on his fat wrist, told Harry that he'd, been, that he'd be 11 in 10 minutes' time. He lay and watched his birthday tick nearer, wondering if the Dursleys would remember it all, wondering where the letter writer was now. Five minutes ago, Harry heard something creak outside. He hoped the roof wasn't going to fall in, although it might be warmer if it did. Four minutes ago, maybe the house in Privet Drive would be so full of letters when they got back that he'd build a still steal one somehow. Three minutes ago, was that the sea slapping hard on the rock like that? And two minutes ago, what was that funny crunching noise? Was the rock crumbling into the sea? One minute to go, and he'd be eleven. Thirty seconds. Twenty. Ten. Nine. Maybe he'd wake up Dudley just to annoy him. Three. Two. One. Boom! The whole shack shivered, and Harry sat bolt upright, staring at the door. Someone was outside, knocking to come in. Out. Roared Uncle Vernon, and he took both Harry and Dudley by the scraps of their neck and threw them into the hall, slamming the kitchen door behind them. Harry and Dudley promptly had a furious but slight silent fight over who would listen at the keyhole. Dudley won, so Harry, his glasses dangling from one ear, lay flat on his stomach to listen at the crack between the door and the floor. Dudley tried to grab the letter to read it, but Uncle Vernon held it high out of his reach. Aunt Petunia took it carelessly and read the first line. For a moment it looked as though she might faint. She clutched her throat, made a choking noise. Vernon! Oh my, go- oh my goodness, Vernon! They stared at each other, seeming to have forgotten that Harry and Dudley were still in the room. Dudley wasn't used to being ignored. He gave his father a sharp tap on the head with his smelting stick. I want to read the letter, he said loudly. I want I want to read it, as it's mine. Get out, both of you, croaked Uncle Vernon, stuffing the letter back inside its envelope. Harry didn't move. I want my letter, he shouted. Let me see it, demanded Dudley. Mr. H. Potter, The Cupboard Under the Stairs 4 Privet Drive, Little Winging Shuri the envelope, thick and heavy, made a yellowish parchment, and the letter was written in emerald green ink. There was no stamp. Turning the envelope over, his hand trembling, Harry saw a purple black seal bearing a coat of arms, a lion, an eagle, a badger, and a snake surrounding a large letter H. "'Hurry up, boy,' shouted Uncle Vernon from the kitchen. "'What are you doing, checking for letter bombs?' He chuckled at his own joke. Harry went back to the kitchen, still staring at his letter, he handed Uncle Vernon the bill in the postcard, sat down, and slowly began to open the yellow envelope. Uncle Vernon ripped open the bill, snorted in disgust, and flipped over the postcard. Marge is ill, he informed Aunt Petunia, in a funny woke. Dad, said Dudley suddenly, Dad, Harry's got something. Harry was on the point of unfolding his letter, which was written on the same heavy parchment as the envelope. When- when it was jerked sharply out of his hand by Uncle Vernon. That's mine, he said to Harry, trying to snatch it back. who be writing to you? sneered Uncle Vernon, shaking the letter open with one hand and glancing at it. His face went from red to green faster than a set of traffic lights, and it didn't stop there. Within seconds, it was the grayish white of old porridge. Petunia, he gasped. There was a horrible smell in the kitchen the next morning when Harry went in for breakfast. It seemed to be coming from a large metal tub in the sink. He went to have a look. The tub was full of what looked like dirty rags swimming in gray water. What's this, he asked Aunt Petunia, her lips, her lips tightened as they, as they always did if he dared to ask a question. Your new school uniform, she said. Harry looked in the bowl again. Oh, he said. I didn't realize it had to be... So wet. Don't be stupid, snapped Aunt Petunia. I'm dying some of Dudley's old grey for you. It'll look just like everyone's elf when I'm finished. Harry seriously doubted this, but thought it best not to argue. He sat down at the table, trying not to think how he was going to look on his first day at Snowball High. Like he was wearing bits of old elephant skin, probably. Dudley and Uncle Vernon came in, both with wrinkled noses because of the smell from Harry New's u- uniform. Uncle Vernon opened this newspaper, in, as usual, and Dudley banged his smelting stick, which he carried everywhere on the table. They heard the click of the mail slot and the flop of the letters on the doormat. Matt, get the mail, Dudley, said Uncle Vernon from behind his paper. Make Harry get it. Make Get the mail, Harry. Make Dudley get it. Poke him with your smelting stick, Dudley. Dudley. Harry darted his smelting stick and went to get the mail. Three things lay on the doormat. A postcard from Uncle Vernon's sister, Marge, who was vacationing on the Isle of... White, a brown envelope that looked like a bill, and a letter for Harry. Harry picked it up and stared at it. His heart twanging like a giant elastic band. No one, ever in his whole life, had written to him. Who would? He had no friends, no other relatives. He didn't belong to the library, so he never—he never even got rude notes asking for book back. Yet here it was, a letter, addressed so plainly that there could be no mistake. Chapter three: The letter from No One. The escape of the Brazilian boa constrictor earned Harry his longest ever punishment. By the time he was allowed out of his cupboard again, the summer holidays had started and Dudley has already broken his new video camera, crashed his remote control airplane, and first time out on his racing bike, knocked down old Mrs. Fig as she crossed Privet Drive on her crutches. Harry was glad school was over, but there was no escaping Dudley's gang, who visited the house every single day. Piers, Dennis, Malcolm, and Gordon were all big and stupid. But as Dudley was the biggest and the stupidest of the lot, he was the leader. The rest of them were all quite happy to join Dudley in their favorite sport, Harry hunting. This is why Harry spent as much time as possible out of the house, wandering and thinking about the end of the holidays, where he could see a tiny ray of hope. Sorry, I lost my. Sorry, I keep on losing my spot. When September came, he would be going off to secondary school, and for the first time in his life, he wouldn't be with Dudley. Dudley had been accepted at Aunt Uncle Vernon's old private school smeltings. Pierce Polk was going there, too. Harry, on the other hand... Hold on. I keep on losing my spot. I'm sorry. Harry, on the other hand, was going to Stonewell High, the local public school. Dudley thought this was very funny. They stuffed people's head down to the toilet down the down the toilet the first day at Stonewall, he told Harry. Want to come upstairs and practice? No, thanks, said Harry. The poor toilet's never had anything as horrible as your head down it. It might be sick. Then he ran before Dudley could work out what he said. One day in July, Opportunity took Dudley to, to buy his smeltings uniform, leaving Harry at Mrs. Figg's. Mrs. Fig wasn't as bad as usual. Turned out she'd broken her leg tripping over one of her cats. She didn't seem quite as fond of them before as she let Harry watch television, give him a bit of chocolate cake that tasted though she had it for several years. That evening, Dudley and his new knobbly sticks. Wait, I keep on losing my spot. I am so sorry. That evening. Dudley par- paraded around the living room for his family in his brand new uniform. Smelting boy- Smelting's boys wore maroon tailcoats, orange knickerbockers, and flat straw hats called boaters. They also carried knobbly sticks used for hitting each other while the teachers weren't looking. This was supposed to be good training for later life. So I keep on losing my spot. I'm sorry. As he looked at Dudley in his new knickerbockers, Mark Bockers, Uncle Vernon said gruffly that it was the proudest moment of his life. Aunt Petunia burst into tears and said that she couldn't believe it was the equal Dudley Dudleykins. He looked so handsome and grown up. Harry didn't try to trust himself to speak up. He thought two of his ribs might already have cracked from trying not to laugh.